We are here for our Halloween special. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, yes. We've got, uh, of course, our leader, Game Goblin, dressed as a southern ghost with a pointy head. I lead with two things, Jack and shit. Jack left town. <laughs> we have the moniker, who's dressed as, well, a Californian native. What does that look like? At this point, homeless and shitting in the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we have Kazarkan dressed as a Canadian nightmare, having to pay for all of your medical needs. Yeah, it's written right on the shirt. <laughs> and of course, I, Doth Blasphemous, dressed as what everyone's afraid of, getting old. Aww. I have a cane because I'm still injured from work. <laughs> Whatever, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your walker right off the back porch. Oh, <laughs> Spookiness. And then, and then he'll become a ghost. So, we had the fun thought, because last year we realized we made a lot of headway in spoopiness and gaming. So this year we're thinking about some general scary stories, uh, you know, legends we grew up with hearing, um, all the crazy shit we've learned about, uh, you know, scary story-wise. Heck, we can even talk about aliens because that shit's kind of creepy if you set, if you tell the story right. Fuck yeah, it is Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, aliens, they like to probe you because they're galians. Oh. Oh my. I think that's a pretty good spot for the intro. So I'm pushing the button. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Miss not discretion advised. <laughs> Motherfucker pushed my button. <laughs> God, shit, fuck, piss, pussy, cut, rake, damn it, motherfucker. I told you you had to keep that shit guarded. Guarded switches are You know, best. we're doing the spooky episode and talking about urban legends and shit, but this guy presses my fucking intro button, and all y'all know that I sleep with a hatchet next to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. <laughs> He's also got several firearms. If he wanted us dead, he'd find a way. I'd oh. let you on fire. Anyway, let's uh, let's open this up. Let's, we're in the great... Pacific Northwest. So let's open up here in this nice, rainy, wet, moist area. And in fact, there's an urban legend just up the street I based a roleplay character off of. No kidding, just up the street. Just up the street, actually. If you go to the North Everett. Okay. And oh shit, they know where we live now. We've let it slip enough. We've let. Well, not only have we let it slip, but I mean, like, Everett's not exactly a small place anymore. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. Anyhow. If somebody was to go up the street to North Everett, uh, along, I believe, not Rockwell, Broadway. Okay, the, the main road that goes by the... Uh, uh, highway. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the main yeah. road that goes up by the highway. So if you take that into downtown, apparently, and uh, according to local folklore, the name is Crane, but spelled with a K. It's K-R-A-I-N. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's a dude ghost. Who apparently likes to troll people's cars. Really? Yeah, but apparently there's a ghost that wanders up and down the street there, and at random intervals, people have seen, like, a very tall, gaunt man, kind of, like, obscured in the shadows and shit, like, creeping around cars. So, like, 
when they think there's a car creeper, they'll go up to go talk to the dude or, you know, call the cops or keep an eye on him. But the dude, yeah. he, like, vanishes. Huh. Like, if somebody noticeably uh, calls attention to him, yeah. he'll just poof. Really? Right there with eyewitnesses and shit. Do you know where exactly along Broadway he's been seen? Uh, up by the old theater. By the old theater. Yeah. It's up by the old theater, and there's like a bar right across the street. You don't mean Colby, do you? But you mean the historic Everett Theater? Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's up in the area by the historic theater. Like, like if I were to be walking up north on that direction or whatever, I see, like, the dude prowling cars Yeah. up by the theater, and I'm like, yo, dude, I'm calling the cops. Huh. Like, he'd turn around and just poof. Really? That's it. Like, if you call attention to him, he'll just, he'll vanish. Huh. But yeah, apparently there's a ghost named Crane that's been stalking on that street for quite a few decades. Interesting. I'd have to check that out. Yeah, just a little local folklore. You know, it's funny that you bring up the historic theater because that place itself is supposed to be haunted. Granted, I think this is just the moniker's own speculations here, but I think America being such a relatively young country, whenever we have any building that stands for over, you know, like 75 years. years. Yeah, Yeah, 100 years. Oh, it's haunted. Anyway, um, I've actually been in this theater a few times, and not just, uh, you know, for, like, shows and stuff, but actually had performed there when I was in my high school's band. And supposedly, there is a ghost in the uh, dressing rooms. It's called the Green Room. Well, for obvious reasons, they painted it green. Kind of this uh, almost, like, key lime, very pastel green. Yeah, the Green Room to keep people chilled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was interesting is... Now, they do have a boiler room, and I'm saying all this because, you know, it's it could be pretty easily explained away. Oh, it's just an old boiler, especially in a building that old, you know, clanking away to keep everyone yeah, warm. Yeah, knocking noises and shit. Yeah, so uh, I think this might have been my junior year of high school. I'm down there with uh, Judge and Brony mm-hmm. and uh, my dear friend El Presidente. El Presidente! El Presidente! He will turn America into the Commonwealth. With him at the helm, it is it's been set in motion. But anyway, the motion lotion, the motion lotion. But anyway, so we're down there, and you know, uh, getting ready to go on, and we're just kind of chatting over by. It's kind of a rectangular room, you know, like we think of. It. It's more of like a communal dressing room, you know. It's not like individual rooms. It's just kind of they have one um, wall length mirror, and that's the room. Then they have the boiler room that's down there, and then, like, uh, I want to say, like, a, I think it was, like, a janitor's closet off to the side. And we're standing there, you know, it's pretty hot in there. It's an old brick building, and there's, a, like, maybe 70 people, maybe, down there, you know. So, body heat's a thing in an old brick building, and we're all dressed up in, you know, like, uh, concert attire. It's hot. Is hot, 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 yes. hot. Hot, hot, hot. And we're just all standing there, and then all of a sudden, it just, you know, the temperature, it just drops, just for a quick uh, few seconds, just like, woof, like, it is freezing. And we're like, oh, shit, is there, like, a draft coming from the boiler room? There's nothing coming from the boiler room. We actually went down there, we weren't supposed to, but we actually stepped down in there. It's hot in the boiler room, because, well, obviously... It's a boiler. Yeah, Yeah, it's a boiler. And it was the weirdest thing, too. Like, we weren't aware at the time that it was uh, haunted, but supposedly that there is um, 
the ghosts that's supposed to haunt the green room. Now, I'm not sure if it was an actor that died. I need to look that up. But it's been documented by a few local historians and, um, you know, just kind of common knowledge around here in our city of Everett. Yeah, but, we do uh, have some uh, amateur... I looked it up in the past. We do have amateur ghost hunters around here. Yeah. So, yeah, they have documented it. Yeah, but it was, uh, that was a creepy experience. Because, you, you know, it was... I would have chalked it up to just like a breeze or something. You know, like maybe if there was less people in there or if, you know, they didn't have the boiler going or, you know, anything else like that. But the fact that it didn't feel like a breeze, you know, because you kind of can kind of feel when a breeze hits you, you know, like... There's oh, directionality to it. Yeah, there's exactly. There's directionality to it. This one is just like... Sudden cold. Yeah, it's just sudden cold and then it's gone. Actually, um... It was creepy in retrospect. Before the other guys jump in, because you remind yeah. me of something like that. Uh, I have two paranormal experiences with other people present. Uh-huh. And I'm not a big believer in paranormal shit. I, I put more stock into aliens than I do ghosts and stuff, but there's some shit science can't explain. And the energy patterns, there's still things we're discovering that energy does that we don't know yet. Yeah. So maybe the paranormal has actually got a scientific explanation by some kind of, uh, for lack of better words, energy transferal. You know, energy takes one form and goes into another, and we get figured out just yet with our rudimentary senses. Goblin, say this Twinkie is all the spiritual energy. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him about the Twinkie. Tell him about the Twinkie. Uh, But going on your cold cold story, I'll I'll jump into the desert story later, because that one is actually, like, creepy spoopy. Okay. And, you know, this is our spooktacular. Uh, the one, though, that mentioned in cold spots, when I was living down in Oregon, strangely enough, it was a house about the size of a double wide. Okay. Uh, double, about 70 feet long, about 50 feet wide. And it had an adjacent uh, garage that was basically tacked on after the house was set up and built. Okay. And the weird part is, when I was living in Oregon at that house, uh, of course, naturally, I was putting my own little isolation cell, if you want to call it that, out in the garage. Mm-hmm. And Oregon winters in the high desert suck balls. Yes, they do. I Especially can when you're in a garage in your own little containment cell, because apparently my entire life people have been treating me like an SCP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, hell, yeah, the, the fucking little shit goblins moving in, yeah, we're going to put him in the farthest room from oh. everybody else in the house. This has been a constant ever since I was a grubbling, okay? But do they send you D-class personnel? Uh, I wish they would send me D-class personnel, because sometimes I get really fucking hungry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but still, going on your story of cold spots, a really, really weird story on this one. Uh, when I moved in, there was no weird feelings about the house, no, ooh, this place might be, or whatever. And my grandmother was living there, total Jesus freak, spent more money on the 700 Club than she did her cancer treatments. Mm. I wonder why she died. Okay, uh, so there was pictures of Jesus up all over the fucking house and shit. And, like, my room was, like, the same space away from Jesus. <laughs> like, anywhere else you go in the house, there's a picture of Jesus or a cross somewhere. And I'm just like, even as a kid, I had questions. Yeah. And the kind of questions even the preachers couldn't answer. Okay. So, I, I just didn't fucking believe. I mean, how could an all-powerful, all-loving God allow for insects to eat the eyes of children, right? (laughs) Well, apparently this didn't bode well for my grandma, and I'm over in my containment cell anyway, away from everybody else, so fuck them. And 
at night, during like the summertime, uh, especially like during late spring, early summer, mm-hmm. there would be a cold spot at the foot of my bed. And, you know, I, I checked this out, you know, like with the, the fucking little meters that you have. Of course, this is like 1990s technology. But still, I'd like walk around my room and the ambient temperature would be about like 75, 70 degrees. Yeah. And then I would check the cold spot and it would dip down about three to five degrees. Huh. And it was always at the like right foot of my bed. Always there. And it wasn't like a overwhelming nasty presence or cold chill. It was just there. Yeah. But it was noticeable. That was it. And yeah, it only takes like two or three degrees to really notice the difference, at least using the Fahrenheit scale. Yeah, like I'd be sitting on my bed, like playing video games or whatever, because my bed doubled as my chair. Yeah. And like my left arm would go cold because of the way I was facing the TV. And then I scooch over and my arm would get warm. Or if I scooched over the other direction, I would start feeling chill. But it was always there, like in the same spot in my room. Yeah. And this went on for months. I'm like, fuck, four or five months easily. And then one day the cold spot was gone. But it would also just appear randomly around the house. Like sometimes in the kitchen, sometimes in the hall. Just in the house, though. It would never be outside the house. Yeah. And I was taught, and I was a real chatty little munchkin and I was talking to one of my neighbors about the place and it turns out that the story behind the house was actually really interesting because I mentioned it to the guy that you know we were talking spoopy shit yeah yeah it was the season for it I mentioned oh yeah there's some spoopy stuff over my place there's like a cold spot at the foot of my bed it appears like once a month and then vanishes for a while moves around the house and it'll always come back but most predominant places other than like my room is it would be right at the doorway between the house primary and the garage. It would always be like right in the door. Yeah. And I mentioned that to my neighbor and he's like, wow, that's really interesting because when the house was first built, uh, the guy who built the place, you know, he was retired and everything. He decides to, you know, have a big housewarming party, invites all of his friends over. Yeah. And that was where they were dumping their coats was on the pile next to the front door. Okay. So they would come in through the garage where he had the grill set up and everything and enter the house for the party proper. Well, some gal showed up and she put her kid there on the pile of coats because it's soft. And coats kept piling up and the kids suffocated. So apparently that house had an infant, uh, not quite a toddler yet, suffocate right at the doorway where I most encountered that cold spot. Oh, that's sad. So that's kind of my spoopy story right there. Huh. That is tragic. Yeah, yeah, that is tragic. You know, you don't got to be specific, but whereabouts in Oregon? Uh, well, since I don't live there anymore, it's right on Bullbat Road, which is a really fucking stupid-ass name, is a <laughs> white house, or was white at the time, with a pumice driveway. And so if anybody living in Oregon wants to check it out, it's on Bullbat Road, or no, Bullbat Lane, in Lapine, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Lapine, so it's just south of Bend. South of Sun River. And uh, there's this dinky little town called Lapine. If you sneeze, you'll miss it. All right. And, yeah, that's where it was at. That's interesting. And uh, since this is, you said, desert Oregon. Um, high desert, yeah. High desert. <clears throat> you know, you didn't, uh, like, did you think for a while that maybe it was just like a breeze or anything? Like, like, you, like I, I, there was to like put a specific draft thing, My something? containment cell in that house yeah. was a containment cell. Okay. I, I can say this with the utmost certainty. Okay, to, to elaborate on my childhood, the lock was on the other side of the door. 
Uh. I could be locked in. Okay. And I have been. Great childhood. <laughs> My window was a foot and a half square. Huh. And it was one of those ones where you, you turn a dial and it lives a bunch of vertical planks. Yeah. And yeah. it had rubber on the plank. So if I had the window closed and my door was closed, there was no breeze. Nothing getting in. Huh. Even right. if I, the only time I had air movement in that room is if my door was unlocked and open and the garage door was open. Huh. So both doors would have to be open for actual airflow to be in there. Yeah. Or the ceiling fan would have to be turned on. So even with the fan off and the doors and window closed, there was no air movement in that room at all. Even on the windiest of days. Huh. Interesting. That is, that's tragic, but that's that's definitely pretty creepy. All right. That was that was really creepy, and it was a, a real big surprise to learn that a kid, you know, maybe 12, 14 months old, had died right in that doorway where I encountered a cold spot. Damn, dude. That's spooky. Yeah. So there we go. There's there's my spooky story that I don't tell many people. All and right. now it's out for the world to hear. Ah, only our five or six subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. We do. We that's really all, do. You're the reason we keep going. So I've actually got a few, but I'll try and go for the most notable one for anyone in the Spanish-speaking world. Mm. La Llorona. He I, does not like us mentioning her while camping. No. Fuck you guys. <laughs> we haven't camped in two years because yet. <laughs> all right, all right. But, so La Llorona, I personally had an experience with La Llorona because back home, the only way we could walk... You know, and be safe because you had the main road. It was like a state highway, right? Mm-hmm. Seven lanes, <clears throat> uh, speed limits fifty some out miles an hour. So you would walk along the ditch, which was usually separated. Uh, just reiterate where you're from for those who may be New Mexico. Just, okay, just for those who in the great that. state of New Mexico, the land of entrapment. So the only way you could get around was by walking along the ditch, and the tale of La Llorona has been around for a very long time and all over the Spanish-speaking world. Yeah. So if you're ever a kid under the age of, I think they said it was like 15, and you're out on the nearest body of water, La Llorona is liable to appear. So she always goes to take children to replace her children she tried to drown but survived because she tried to kill herself and her kids because her philandering husband left her for a younger woman. I feel like that's how a lot of these old... uh... South American, Central American folk. It, <laughs> yeah, it actually sounds a much with. like a Central North American, like out in the Great Plains uh, story of Jenny Greenteeth. Yeah. Her too. Yeah. But let's let Dom get So, yeah, let's get on with it. So, we're walking. It was me and like two of my friends from back in the day. We're going from my buddy's house over to. I think we were going to go to the school. For something, I can't remember. I think we were supposed to meet up for an after-school activity. But it was later in the evening, because the the teacher had to do another class. Whatever. So we're walking along the ditch. It's the only safe place to walk, right? Okay. So we're going along. It's like probably late September, not even October yet, right? Sun's going down earlier. Oh, yeah. So we're walking. It's probably 6, 7 at night. Overcast day. We got rain, which was really unusual. And, like, yeah, it, it's cool, but not cold. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get that real quick chill. And we all start looking around, like, what the fuck was that? Because yeah. there's no breeze. There's, there's no wind at the time. Trees are still there. They got some leaves on them, mostly. And, you know, we're like, what the fuck was that? 
So we keep going, right? We get probably... It was maybe a quarter mile between every road that passed over the ditch. We okay. were maybe halfway there and it went around a bend. And there's this lady on the other bank. Hmm. Right? So we figure out some homeless chick, whatever. And true to the story, she's wearing white. Yeah. A little unusual. Most people don't wear white where I'm from, you know. But, uh, so we just keep going. And we start fucking picking up pace. It's like, alright, this might be a crazy whatever. We look back, and she's behind us. Like, following or just standing there? She's like three feet behind the last person in our group. Oh, God. So, we never really got a good look at her face. None of us could remember for the next, like, couple years when we bring this story up. Mm Mm-hmm. We just start fucking booking it, man. Like, we're running like no fucking tomorrow. We hit that next street. We turn. It's the wrong street we need. We don't care. We just fucking book it down a main road, which is a bad idea. Huh. Like, dude, it scared the shit out of us because it's like, other side of the bank, that's maybe five, six feet across. Jumping that ain't no one's normal jump. Yeah. Uh, silently then, either. Yeah, jumping that silently and then rapidly approaching from a position further I guess, up or downstream, whichever way you were traveling, and then approaching behind the group silently. It's the silence. And here's the other thing, is we're, that's a desert location, right? We're we're in a high desert as well. Temperate, but whatever. Those ditches, they're all dirt. There's not like gravel or none of that. It's just a dirt path. Yeah. When you're walking in that, you can usually hear it. You know, you definitely leave some sort of tracks. We weren't hearing or seeing nothing. Huh, can I ask you something? Because I know, like, one of La Llorona's calling cards is kind of her crying or her screams. Did was, did you hear any weeping at we all? We were or? so boisterous and joking with each other that we didn't hear shit until she was, like, right behind us. Huh. Yeah, that, that legitimately gives me chills. Dude. <laughs> Fuck. That's, uh, actually, on, on a side note there, speaking of La Llorona, I would like to actually uh, contact one of our friends, and he's been on the podcast before, Mr. Thoric. And see if we can get him to make some La Llorona beer. La Llorona beer? But it's not for kids. Okay. <laughs> you know, you could be all drinking, be like, da 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 La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> I told this to one of those, uh, we got a Colombian at work, and I told him this shit, and he was laughing his ass off for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah I mean and I'm from a place where we've got ghost towns galore hauntings are pretty pretty regular thing we've got a whole tourist system set up on just ghost tours there's Chaco Canyon uh, hell Roswell's been known for a whole bunch of stuff before it was aliens it was ghosts Um, oh yeah you guys got Roswell down there oh yeah well I would think so it's New Mexico yeah Yeah. I I just I did forgot to make the connection in my head that's pretty fucked up, dude. I I haven't had any, like, stalking things except in the graveyard. And that's another local legend here. And, of course, that was just us kids being fucktards. So, the level of, hey, is it real or not, is questionable as fuck. Yeah. But apparently, like, ghouls have been spotted at the local graveyard. The, the big one here. Uh, mm-hmm. Evergreen? Yeah. Is it by Rucker's Tomb? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that place is supposed to be a hotbed. That, that place is supposed to be a hotbed. There's, uh, we can go out there and fight with the monkey tree branches because those things are evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. Don't you guys love it when you're uh, walking barefoot? You know, as a kid to the convenience mart. This happened. 
happened to me. You know, you're walking by, you don't notice, the, uh, or rather, you forget that your neighbor has a monkey puzzle uh, tree. You know, the little bladed leaves dry up and fall off, and then you step on one. Oh, oh yeah. I'd rather step on a barnacle again. <laughs> oh, yeah? Would you rather step on, uh, what was it? We call them goat heads back home. Y'all got a different name for them up here. They're in western Washington. They're just these little sticker plants that grow, and they spread wide. Oh, I know. And yeah. they're seeds. They look like the head of a goat. Yeah. We have some, um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, sorry to deviate. But a little story, um, <laughs> my family, we'd always go to Ocean Shores when we were, uh, my brother and I were young, and we were walking back from the beach when we were little, and we didn't go, uh, we didn't stick to the path, we went around kind of the, um, I want to say the north end of the hotel where we were staying at, and there were all of those types of weeds going around, and Joe and I, excuse me, my brother, gonna have to bleed that, was barefoot and the both of us we just started crying because it hurt so damn bad <laughs> like we like we couldn't walk anymore we were just like standing and our feet were getting all like prickled by these nasty ass little weeds from hell oh i know what you're talking about well you know what it's your turn there kaz what? let's uh, go with a scary story you've experienced the first movie that i ever turned away from the screen and left from you know this was home video so this is you know something that my parents had picked up at the store and then plugged in right uh-huh. evolution okay i think eddie murphy no, no no it was not eddie murphy um, i don't remember it's, it's, it's wild oh no i'm just trying to remember uh because it had the guy from american pie in there oh uh the van oh, vander continue your story i'm gonna look it up Anyway, um, that movie, there is one particular part where something gets under the, the main character's skin and they have to do a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff to chase it out, chase it down. That freaked the ever-loving shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> eight? Nine? Oh, something God. in that range? Yeah. And, you know, normally... Like, I've always been this, you know, old soul advanced for my age sort of thing, so I've typically had the wisdom to go beyond what parents would normally let their kids watch at those kind of ages. Yeah. That was the first film that I ever fucking noped at. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because the concept, because at that young age, I had this concept of, like, that thing is real enough that it could get under you. Yeah. Holy fuck. No. Dude, for me, it was fucking uh, <coughs> Starship Troopers. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Starship Troopers was actually a phenomenally fun set of movies. But, you know, and like, interestingly, this same phenomenon also happens in The Mummy. Right? There's a whole yeah. there's a guy who just gets completely eviscerated by these things under his skin. Yeah, little scarabs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scarabs. And the thing about it was, is, like, I watched The Mummy when I was older, no fucking problem, because it was campy enough. Yeah. That it didn't, like, set off that knee-jerk terror response in me. I've since gotten better about it, but it still freaks me out, and it's part of the same reason that I don't like needles. Like, I will get phantom pain when people start discussing needles. Yeah, yeah. And it... Ugh. No. Yeah, there's... 
I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know what to do next time I'm in game with Kaz. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because it has to be detailed discussion. And I know I'm giving you fuel for this, but if I know where it's coming from, I can mitigate it. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, because I feel like everyone has those things that just absolutely, you know, freak them out so bad as a kid that even in their adult when they know it's like, you know, trivial, it still triggers that like flight or fight response in them. Like, yeah. I, I, I got a couple like that dude, where I just... for me, motherfucking windstorms, dude. I got caught up in the middle of what we called uh, dust devils. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, and I got hit in the head with like some fucking... Uh, Small gravel or something. I got hit in the head basically with little rocks. Oh, yeah, like pebbles and So and for fucking, like, two summers straight, dude, if it was windy outside, I was inside. <laughs> dude, like, that shit tor- terrified me. Because this dust devil was big enough that I was at... Because I, I basically, like, froze on the playground. Yeah. This thing, like, was able to engulf not only me, but the jungle gym that I was trying to hide in. Oh. Oh, that'd be creepy. And it wasn't one of those, like, nice plastic jungle gyms kids get nowadays. No, this was one of those big-ass metal ones where everything's open. So, of course, everything is just creaking and groaning. Clank, 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 clank. No, dude, there was none of that. It literally just sounded like someone turned a sandblaster onto a freaking steel pipe. (laughs) And that's in my face, my eyes, fucking, I got hit. Yeah. Dude, like, I was... It was so... The windstorm we had had was so bad they shut school down early and got us all home. Oh, wow. I mean, that's cool that you got to go home early. I mean, that's a little no. fun, but... <laughs> Although, after that sort of experience, I'm not yeah. sure cool is It would have been word. cooler if I actually had a key to get into the house. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> 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 yeah, for, uh... Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know if I want to tell you guys, because I feel like it would just give you guys feel to fuck with me. But, like, the thing Do that... It. We're burying our souls here. Do it. Yeah, but the thing that like really like really um, makes me nope out even to this day as an adult is um, like screaming, like terror screaming, and I think that stems from an experience I had where I went to um, uh, what was it? It's something like I got a really ca- bad case of flu, and I actually went to the ER when I was young. Mm-hmm. And next to in the room next to me in the ER, I'm assuming was probably either like. You know, someone with, uh, like, some mental issues or maybe just a homeless person. But this, you know, I, I'm a little guy at this point. I'm maybe, like, six or seven. And this dude... He's just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but this dude in the room next to me is just letting out these ear-piercing, blood-curdling screams. like Full-on death whale? Full-on death whale. And this guy goes on for, like, maybe 40 minutes. You know, I'm in an environment I'm not familiar with. My parents aren't there, you know. Like, I feel like shit, and it was just, you know... You know, I didn't cry or anything, but I was just like... You know when you can kind of feel, like, all the air going out of your lungs, and you're just like... <sighs> a panic attack. <sighs> yeah, like, that's... Like, to this day, like, screaming still, just, it, it, I don't like it. <laughs> so what you're saying is I need to get you an Aztec death whistle. <laughs> I mean, I'll play the cool. video after this. No, I've seen the video, I've seen the video, but... Just hearing those. Uh, yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I, I've gotten better at dealing with it, but to a degree, it's still, like, just, you know... Gives me the jimmies. <laughs> oh, dude. Fucking shit that gives me the jimmies. This goes back to the ghost stories and shit of back home. Yeah. There's hundreds of hundreds of stories of people dying all over the state in different ways and haunting, right? Yeah. 
So we went out. My mom was married to this guy. They had my sister. But his family had a lot of land in the north of the state. That's Navajo land, isn't it? In the north no. of the state? Uh, Navajo's uh, central to southern. Okay. Uh, the Hopi, I believe, are the northern-ish. Okay. Yeah, it was out there by... Uh, Whoa, bumping the table. I had to go out and meet a stranger. Sorry. The goblin had to... Uh, Acquire sustenance. Some, some D-class personnel. Yes. But, um, so yeah, uh, if you know where, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, Mount Taylor, right? Okay. They, they owned a bunch of that land. So I went camping with them one year. Uh, so we went, and we had everything set up, and everyone's, you know, getting ready to pass out. The adults yeah. are drinking like, like mad. As adults are wont to do. <laughs> so, um, you know, I pass out, right? Yeah. Pretty early. I wake up a couple hours later. It's like pitch dark. Everyone's passed out. I just really need to pee. I go and step out of the tent, and there's this fucking Native American guy, full, like, war headdress, whole nine, just standing there by the fire. Huh. And I'm like, why is the fire so going? Who the fuck is this guy? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And you know, so I'm just kind of freaking out. I'm trying to stay like in the shadows or whatever. And then he just turns and like looks at me. I'm just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> You've been shit. you done get spotted. And um, he just Texted. he just starts fucking saying something. I don't know what Native American language it was. What the fuck he was saying? And then he just fucking poofs. Huh. So I say, fuck it, I'd already pissed myself by the time he started talking. <laughs> I was like 12 years old, didn't give a fuck. So I just run the fuck back in, crawl back in my fucking sleeping bag, and just like, wait, wait, wait. Like, there were people passed out around the fire pit, you know, yeah. just fucking, they got their little TV on, they were watching fucking wrestling or something, because it was one of those old school wire things. Mm -hmm. All that, no one else fucking remembers a thing. Huh. And like these... It it freaked me out for years, and then when I tell them about this the next day, as you know, we're getting ready to go out again, start chopping some trees, do some yeah. other stuff around their land. They start telling me about all the other fucking ghost stories because there's a mesa that used to be a Native American um, location, like, like a camp for them, kind of, yeah, a, a regular camp. Okay, I can't remember what tribe it's been years. Uh, so they take me over there. I'm like, alright, this is kind of cool, I get it, they're here, it's a spirit, whatever. And then they take me into this little cave. Fucking skeletons and shit. Ugh. It's a fucking burial spot. I was like, freaking the fuck out, man. And then they're like, oh, and then there's all these ghost trains running around where there's no tracks, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they, they took it to a on. whole nother level. Jeez. You know... Because I listen to a lot of scary internet stories, and like I just I love folklore so much. If there's one thing I've learned about the Native Americans of the Southwest, don't go in their caves. No, no. <laughs> and if you find a tiny doll out in the desert, yeah, run. keep walking. Yep. No, you run. Um, I don't. Well, we we've got our own ghost stories up here, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. In fact. One of them I feel more comfortable with than I should. Is it whistling out in the woods at night? 
I have walked down the side of a mountain leading other people by moonlight alone, and everybody else was the ones that were scared. Hmm. So and not the point man, the guy, the guy, everyone. I, I was the point man in front by moonlight. I'm because thanks to my condition, I'm the only one that can see at night, pretty much. So I'm leading everybody else down the side of a mountain because we were up on some hot springs. Everybody else is freaking out, and I'm just like, "This is Wendigo territory. I don't care." <laughs> Where was this? Oh, uh, this was up in the mountains, uh, just over the pass. Oh, uh, okay. they're off too. Yep, up in the hot springs. Huh. I had to lead everybody else down to the where we were parked, and that was about ten miles away. Hmm. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I can never be the outdoorsy type. Like, fucking, I went camping with my girl, you know, to one of the lakes over. By Snohomish. You know, there's like tons of people there with their families, and I'm still getting freaked out walking to the bathroom. <laughs> That's not like, you know, 100 feet from the tent. It's like, fuck. Well, I'm more afraid of the smell from those bathrooms. Yeah, really. Nighttime, especially camping, it, it's, it hits us on a primal level. It reminds us that we are small and insignificant, and there's shit out in the darkness that can and will kill the shit out of us. Yeah. And we can't control it. Fragile as fuck. Oh, and yeah. you guys gotta walk out to your cars in the dark. It's, it's you know, like... Meh. There, well, of course, we got big cats. We, we don't have any, many dogs around here, thankfully. But there's big cats, and all you need is, like, one cub string too close to your calf to turn it into a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. I'm yeah. the thing about dogs, though. I don't know, man. Like, just, uh... I mean... There's a... They're out I, there. Yeah, and where I've been living, there's a... I mean, we... I don't... Think we have wolves in Washington no, State? You guys don't. Yeah, but um, like I think the biggest thing we've got that's wild is coyotes, and even then yeah. they're not overly aggressive in oh, this no. area. They'll go after your cat, but you know anything bigger than like a freaking sized dog. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be like, yeah, it's a bit much. For yeah, them. just wait until they get rabies. Yeah, that's true. But so, anyway, I've been—I've actually been hearing them howl in my neighborhood. And let me tell you, the first time I heard it, scared the shit out of me. I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh, it's coyotes." <laughs> it's creepy. They're—they're they're legitimately eerie sounding, man. They—they they are creepy sauce, yeah. So we—I um, don't know what I missed. I had to run outside real quick and take care of some stuff because it's dark and I'm hungry. Hunger, hunger. But we do have a few hot spots around here, and I believe the Maltby Cemetery is also a hot spot. We yeah. haven't talked about that yeah, one. Yeah, that, that was actually... The Maltby Cemetery was actually one of the... Listed for the longest time as one of the creepiest spots in the U.S. Uh, when I first moved here, long in ancient times, they would tell me that there was actually, like... I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've had friends go up there and do photograph sessions and things. Yeah. But apparently up there are somewhere some Satanist locals have created the 13 Steps to Hell. I, I've heard about the 13 Steps. i never heard this, uh, the Satanist part, though. Yeah, that, that was the rumor that was going around in the circle that I was in at the time. was A, uh, a local Satanic called, uh, coven had consecrated the 13 Steps huh. over in Maltby. Yeah, I heard like if you got to the bottom of them, because they went down into the ground, right? Yeah, that's that was what I heard. Yeah, like when you got to the bottom, you were supposed to see... Allegedly, of course, you were supposed to see like a vision of hell or something like that, right? I imagine it looks a lot like my workplace. <laughs> Dank and 
<laughs> no, loud clanging. Loud clanging, lots of people who don't want to be there, who somehow are there because they have to be. Oh, and don't forget about all that bright light to fuck with you. And all the br- oh god, they switched to LEDs. Oh, oh, oh ow. God, no. yeah. That's I, that's even scarier given the fact that you have bizarro troubles with. Yeah, vision. considering I have bizarro troubles with bright lights, I catch the moment it, like glare off the parts, off the floor, off everything. Yeah, hatred. I might as well just uh, st- spend ten hours staring at a strobe light. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, when I was still at where they were at Party City, like. You know, they have the LED lights in there, and on top of that, you know, when you're cash reg- uh, the cashier, you can't really move that far from your computer. And so if we had, like, a busy day and I'm staring at the computer screen for, like, you know, eight hours on top of the LED lights, I would get the worst headaches when I got home. Oh, I believe shift. it. But, um, yeah, I've heard about the mall the cemetery, like... It was it was always private, but it was one of those things where people were just trespassing, anyways. But as you do, yeah. But the thing is, now I I honestly would like to go there. But what I heard was because it was a staircase, they actually filled it in, and it's now they've actually built houses around it. Oh. So not like on top of it, you know. We're not gonna get like a poltergeist situation. Yeah, I've, I've never really kept tabs on that. I mean, when yeah. I was doing the graveyard crawling, that was one of the ones that was on my list to do. Of course, Rucker's Tomb has its own yeah. hotbed stories about it, and that that graveyard does. And uh, from myself and a few friends there, have some weird happenings. Yeah, uh, like one time we were there, me and about three other friends, and this was before they put up all the no trespassing signs. And we're hanging around the tomb itself in the old quarter of the graveyard. Yeah, and right there, the, right, right there by the freeway, right? Right there by the freeway. And yeah. the weird part was is when we were in the graveyard proper. The sky was a, a strange tint of blue. Okay. You know, it was the night sky. We still saw scar, uh, the stars and everything, but the tint of the sky was slightly off. It was more teal than it should have been. So, okay. like, more more green had entered into the color. Exactly, yeah. Like, more green had entered into the color. And when we left the graveyard, the sky was normal. Hmm. And, like, one of the dudes actually went back in, and, you know, he checked it out, and he's like, yeah, it looks different when we're inside by the graves. Uh, the only one thing there that still interests me, uh, and I stopped doing the graveyard crawling thing a long time ago, is there's actually a headstone in there I visit when I get the chance. And the local legend is that the gal buried there was murdered by her husband for witchcraft. Huh. And the date on the tombstone is really old. It's like 1898. There are some old-ass graves There, there are some very old-ass graves in yeah. there. And the weird part is that the local legend is she was murdered by her husband for practicing witchcraft, and the epitaph on her tombstone says, not dead, just sleeping. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is just weird. <laughs> so that's one that I like to visit every once in a while and just be like, pay lip service to and be like, hey. What's up, sweetie? What's up? <laughs> uh, eat me last, okay? I want to watch my enemies <laughs> die first. Uh, the one down in Seattle when I was living down there in Seattle proper... Uh, and this is uh, right off of I-5, and the graveyard takes up both sides of it. Oh, um... Yeah, you, oh, up by Northgate? Yeah, um... Uh, it's, 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 I don't think it's by the freeway, it's... You're yeah, it's a little of, off the freeway, it, actually. It's off yeah. Aurora, it's, um... It is off Aurora, you gotta go, something like... Something with Shelley. Yeah, the Washelly. Washelly, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that one, I used to visit it all the time, and it, the strange thing is, is that one never gave me the weird, same creepy vibes, no matter when I went there. It's a nice cemetery. It's a nice cemetery. Yeah. I never got creepy vibes or anything when I went there, as opposed to the one here in Everett. Yeah. And, and this, kids, is the difference between consecrated and not consecrated ground. So, it's weird, because the one down in Seattle is actually older. Yeah. You would expect that one to have more weirdness going to it. Yeah, I think part of it, what lends it is, what lends to that feeling, just from my perspective, is the fact that it is so open down there, you know, and it is so vast. It it, like it does feel kind of like a park. It does, you, you know, in like, its own right. Yeah, and the thing about our little, uh, uh, should we name drop the cemetery, the other one with Rucker's tomb? Nah. Yeah. Well, I guess they're gonna figure it out with they're Rucker's tomb. They're gonna figure tomb. it out. It's called the Evergreen Cemetery. The thing about the Evergreen Cemetery, especially the older part of it, is. You know, if you're going on, like, uh, southbound on Broadway, or if you were going to go on I-5, you can catch a glimpse of it. There is an old-ass, like, old gothic iron gate that goes around the old entrance to the cemetery with, like, kind of a domed wrought iron gazebo-looking thing. Like, it it just kind of screams spooky things happen yeah. here. On top with all it the does. evergreen trees providing all the shade around it. Well, so. the weird part is, uh, like the graveyard, everybody who visits there that I've talked to or, you know, gra- other grave crawlers at the time, they would talk about how the north end of the graveyard always had that weird, creepy ambience to it. Yeah. It felt more enclosed. The gravestones were older. And, of course, you have the ziggurat there. Yeah. And then you go to the south end of the graveyard and everybody's like... Yeah, it's a graveyard, whatever. Yeah. There's, like, never any stories coming from the north end or from the south end. I very much get that. Again, I think it is because, well, you do got Rucker's Tomb, the ziggurat there, and you do have all the trees. But the south end... And, of course, the weird stone circles. Yeah. And then the south end, you know, you got the... uh, That's actually where the funeral home is, and there isn't really any (laughs) trees down there. It's all kind of open, so... Yeah. I think when you have that openness factor, that open air, you know, it kind of removes any sort of claustrophobia. You might get it does, but the strange thing is, of course, and since we're talking about spooky shit, yeah. almost every time something is photographed in a graveyard, and I'm not talking just Evergreen, but any graveyard really, yeah. Whenever there's a grave sighting of something like lurking behind tombstones or whatever, it's always in the wide open areas. All right, you, yeah, almost ninety nine point nine percent of the time, somebody's like, "Ooh, I caught something on camera," and they pan the camera, and it is flat as fuck, like flat as Kansas. With just tombstones sticking up and something's lurking behind something over by a tree. You know, I you do got me there. Because I actually have seen a lot of, you know, supposedly these lurker photos. And it that is kind of one of the little traits among them. They do seem to be kind of, you know, it'd be hard to hide, you know, if, if someone just pranking you or whatever. I mean, of course, there's double exposure. But then again, I like to believe that it's something scarier. <laughs> double exposure is really hard to do on a digital camera during the daytime. Oh, I'm not talking about old school photos. Oh, yeah, old school photos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, uh, that's the one thing about any type of paranormal photography. It doesn't matter if it's ghosts, monsters, the Loch Ness Monster, space aliens. Why do they always have to be grainy? I would assume the guys who are doing the alien autopsies, as much as they are funded, can afford better cameras to chronicle what they're doing. Yeah, I know. It's like whenever you get like a... Like an alleged sighting of like you know uh, Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot or like a cryptid or something. It's like the person. It's always <sighs> this blurry. Oh god, it's like 2019. I better use my Nokia camera to take a photo of this. <laughs> they, they always use the, like their potato phone, and then of course you always got the person who's like, check this out, and you know, when they're 
videotaping it or photographing it, it's always off in like the upper left or right corner. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you could take a family photo and you're telling me to look at this, you could actually like center the object you're you're aiming at. You can, you're looking at the screen on your phone. Most modern phones can do that. And if you're looking through a camera, you got a viewfinder. Uh-huh. Why is it like they're they're running and they're like, oh, check this out? And, you know, they they go to photograph it or get it on camera, and it's like constantly just bouncing around up in the corner. They can't hold the camera steady at all. Yeah. Which I can understand. Okay. If I was just like running, I'm like, oh, check this out, and I'm freaking out or whatever, and I point my camera at something. If I'm breathing hard and I've just been running, yes, holding the camera still is going to be a bit of a bitch. Yeah. But sometimes these are guys who are just like walking out of their back porch and are like, ooh, there's this creepy thing over the house. Check it out. And the camera's just like, seriously, did you just put your camera on a boat and just push it down the rapids? <laughs> that would have more... Clarity. Clarity to it, and it would be, like, a lot visually less jarring. Yeah. So, ugh. ugh. Uh, and you guys, actually, when I came back in from food, you guys were talking about Native American stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to my other ghost story. Ooh. So, since we're doing spoopy time, and this house is an SCP. <laughs> All right, and that's why we're saving okay. it for a second, because this house <laughs> is... An SCP. It might as well be SCP-2288 or whatever number you want to put on it. 6969. Oh, this was not 69. This was not a groovy place. Yo, this is SCP-69420. <sighs> YOLO <fucking> swag money. <laughs> YOLO swag money SCP. It runs around the fucking containment base. You know, just like taking pictures of people in the suicide forest on for YouTube. Oh, fucking Logan Paul. Yeah, fucking Logan Paul. Fuck that guy. <clears throat> you know, he made a parody of Airplane. Airplane Air- was a parody. a parody. <laughs> I know. Okay. <sighs> so, I was, uh, and of course I was young at the time, so take that into account. But this was over the course of two years. Okay. So, when I was 13 to all the way to 15. Yeah. I moved out to the res. Okay. Not a great place for somebody of green skin tone to be, <laughs> but whatever. So I moved out to the res, and we were on 280 acres. All right. And that was just our property. Which res? Uh, the local Yakima res. Okay. Dinky-ass little town called White Swan. All right. Unlike Lapine, this one you will miss just driving through it. <laughs> the only town over there that I saw was smaller was Brownstown, which had enough buildings to have its own zip code. <laughs> so four. <clears throat> Something like that. I mean, it was like, welcome to Brownstown, and then you the post office, and then you're out of town. That was it. White Swan is almost as bad. They actually have a school. Okay. <laughs> it has about maybe 600 students. All right. And that was about it. Oh, and they got a library. Okay. And a bar. And a church. And a local sheriff station. And a lot of nothing. Well, let's give the town a round of applause right now. I'd also like to say that the principal at the time at that school when I was going there, Vernon Wheeler, uh-huh. is a gimpy little bastard. I hope he dies <laughs> a horrible, slow, painful death if he hasn't already. Fuck you, Vernon. Anyway. <laughs> I feel just like anyone who works in a school administration with the name Vernon, you're kind of setting yourself up to just be a prick to students. Okay, well, here's the ir- well, in a way. He could I- have been Baron Unterbite. No, as I get older, 
the, the irony, you know, gets me every once in a while. Mr. Wheeler, you asshole, had a gimp leg. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, something was wrong with it. I mean, they like, had the booster shoe and all that shit. Yeah. But his last name was Wheeler. Right? And so, I mean, he's only one leg away from living up to that name. <laughs> <laughs> I like the connection. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was like 13 when I moved to the reservation out in Little White Swan, Washington. And yeah, it's a, it's a shitty fucking desert terrain. It's scrub brush as far as you can see. And the only thing you can see on one side of you is mountain range because this is like right directly over Renton. If you were to like just cut right through the mountains. Yeah. The other side is a whole vast plain of nothing. Excuse me. And we wind up on a house there. Can't remember the name of the road. It was just this old dirt road off of another dirt road off of one that was actually made of concrete. Okay. So you got to go from asphalt to dirt road to gravel to get to our house. We are out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. (laughs) The boomsticks. In a lot of wide open space. And he would have hated it. Uh, Darth Blasphemous. Because not half an acre behind the house, we had a very large creek. Uh-oh. So plenty of room for... La Llorona. Uh, La Llorona. I have a lot of fond memories of that creek running away from beavers. <laughs> and once getting caught by the local firemen for swimming when there was a fire nearby. Hey, but here's the important question. <clears throat> by this creek, did you smash any beaver? No, I did not. I was... Dude, there was nothing there. Not even any... <clears throat> Uh, I guess he would have been too young for to, that. Anyway. To put it, now nah, I wasn't too young. To put it succinctly, my closest neighbor, yeah, would have been very difficult for me to hit with an actual long rifle. <laughs> it's spacious. If I, if I, it was spacious. Okay, if I got up on the top of the roof of my house with a forty forty scope and a three oh eight, I might be able to peg their house. But to peg a person, no. Okay. Okay. And my hobbies out there in the desert was running around with a gun just randomly shooting shit. <laughs> so I wasn't that bad at shooting things. My afternoons were magpies on the fucking uh, wires. Anyway, the house classifies as an SCP. Okay. And literally, there were rats in the walls. Oh, God. This house was built... Like, early pioneer days. Hmm. Like, there was no insulation in the walls. None. Okay, let's... To clarify how old this house is, it did not meet housing codes at all. The only thing that was modern amenities is we had plumbing attached to a nearby well and electricity. Okay. Okay? Any other modern amenity you expect to be built in a house we did not have. There was no baseboard heating... There was no insulation in the walls. All the windows were single pane. Yeah. This was an old fucking house. And like, even like the two by fours were, the ones that were exposed were stained. If you looked underneath the house, there was basically a gap underneath the entirety of it. All right. You you could see through it and basically see the post where the house was mounted. Huh. So. How old was this house? This house had character. Yeah, this house was... This house was. I think this house was built before uh, sliced bread became a thing. So, the linoleum in it was from like the fifties, 
the carpet, God knows when, but it was like early 70s shag. Did it tie, oh. did it tie the room together? The interior was... <laughs> you, know, you ever walk into like your grandparents place and they never throw anything away and like the couch doesn't match the chair doesn't match the drapes doesn't match anything like the entire living room is just a collage of weird weird you mean like ours exactly that's what the walking into this house was like one room was painted different color than the other room the linoleum in the kitchen did not match the linoleum in the bathroom the paint in the bathroom did not match the paint in the living room okay like yeah Every room, like, just got a facelift, but all the other rooms were forgotten about every decade. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so this place is A, ancient, B, lived in, C, in the middle of no fucking where. Hmm. And D is so far unique in that every room has its own theme. Every its room pretty much theme, had its own theme. Its own floor? Its own crown molding? It, it had its own, like, I could open, because the, the barrier between the outside world... And my bedroom, up in the attic, was this fucking little door you pull out and shove back into place. It was pull out, push in. Okay. And, like, if I pulled it out and set it aside so I could actually access the attic, you could see sunlight on the far attic wall <laughs> coming in from the ground. All right. Okay, so whoever built this place did not think of housing codes. <laughs> For the sense that there weren't housing codes. <laughs> yeah, back when this house was built, there probably were not housing codes because since there was no foundation to it, no insulation, single pane windows, the only heat source was a wood oven. That was it. Mm -hmm. So the thing that does tie this entire house together, though, the rug. No. <laughs> Have you ever pissed somebody off to the point where it's just uncomfortable being in the same room as them? Oh yeah. And you can't leave. Yes. It's like they are out for blood. What about my ex? <laughs> the <laughs> attic and the bathroom. Okay. Were the only two rooms in this house. You did not get that feeling. Gotcha. My bedroom, uh, the master bedroom, the living room, and the kitchen all had this feeling in it. 24-7, 365. Hmm. Like, you'd walk in the house, and the moment you cross the barrier from outside to inside... It felt like somebody fucking hated you and wanted to just fucking tear your throat out and beat you to death while you gurgled on your own blood. So did it feel like like a eyes on the back of your head sort of feeling? No, it was more like an oppressive all-around feeling. So it was like it was like if you took the uh, murderous intent and hatred for someone else and made it palpable and made a blanket out of it and, and threw then, it over the entire house. And yeah, and then just, like, the moment you walk in the door, you put that blanket on. In every room in the house, except for the attic and the bathroom. So kitchen, living room, master bedroom, and my room. Uh, all the time. And it did not matter where you went. If you went to a stair... You could walk... You would walk in the bathroom for relief. From that feeling. You you know, like, the times that I started exploring the attic of the house... Wasn't just oh, let me go look at rat carcasses that you know crawled up through the walls. It was like, it's nice in here. <laughs> I don't feel like somebody wants to kill me in here. <laughs> but the, the, the weird part is like everybody who visited our house, and of course, my mom knew about the feeling. Like you know, it came up in discussion. But between close family members, it really doesn't have as much credibility. 
But when we'd get visitors and they would leave to go home, they wouldn't stay very long. Or when they would leave, you know, it was like they would sigh relief and they're like, yeah, I'll visit you later. And then they'd never return. <laughs> you know? So, like, house guests always made sure to, like, try to get the fuck out of the house as fast as they could. And some yeah. of them would mention, you know, that, like, ooh, the air is oppressive in here or something. Yeah. It was like that emotional feeling like somebody just fucking wanted to do you harm. Yeah. And, you know... It- to, to point out a little bit of a difference, the feeling you're talking about, that hackles on the back of your neck, yeah, that's like, that's your body telling you that there is something that might be watching you, and you, maybe this is the time to turn around. What, he, what Goblin is talking about is just downright wrought iron hate. like Kind of like a miasma, sort of. It was like a miasma. It's like, um, how they describe Amityville. Okay. You know, if... If you took the Amityville horror, the way they talked about the way that felt inside that house, yeah, that's what it felt like inside this old farmhouse. Hmm. Was you just walk in and it was just like this Bad. oppressive feeling. Bad. You know, a lot of that you should not be. Yeah, it was, it was like you walk in, it's like somebody else was basically going, "Get the fuck out of my house." You know what's weird is going back to Maltby. Little plug here. You guys all know and love the Maltby Cafe, right? Little plug for the Maltby Cafe. Yeah, go Never there again. Never been there. Oh, dude. Enjoy their coffee. We're going there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they got good-ass cinnamon rolls. Anyway, right behind there, um, I think it's still there, is like a little um, uh, antique store of like, I want to say it's probably like a converted barn. You know, they just converted it into a, like a... Storefront. Yeah, like an antique and like surplus store. Um, I'm a nerd because I love going into antique stores. You you can find some cool shit. So, you know, I'm with my my brother, my mom, my grandmother. We all gone out to uh, breakfast, and I want to check out the ant- uh, antique store. My mom's like, all right, I'll go in with you. I go in, I'm like, oh, there's some cool stuff. I'm looking for, like, World War II shit. My mom takes one step in. I've, I've never seen her do this, and she's probably the most, you know, headstrong, you know, Headstrong, steadfast. She's got a lot of ovarian fortitude. <laughs> you know, she's she's not one to you know just pick up a feeling and be like, oh, you know, the spirits, you know, shit like that. She's yeah. not. She's not. Um, she's a true blue Catholic. Well, well, for that, but <laughs> um, I've never seen her do this. She got like two steps in, and then she had this look of like. No good. Yeah, just like this kind of look of really bad discomfort. Like someone had poured like water down her back or something. Yeah. And she was just like, no, I can't be in here. And she just went out. I'm like, what was that all about? Like, I thought maybe she had seen like one of those like, you know, mounted elk heads or something. It's like, oh no. But I talked to her about it and she's like, I went in there and something, it just felt so damn wrong. You know? Just like, she couldn't explain it because it, to me, I didn't see anything. It just, you know, was just a benign antique store. But she just said it felt like something creepy. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot like the farmhouse that I was yeah. on. Like, there was a lot of creepy shit out there. Like, it's the only time I've seen a windwalker. Hmm. And that was interesting. What's a windwalker? Okay, so, you know what a dust devil is, right? It's, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, described yeah. them earlier. I got okay. caught in one of those. Oh, okay. So I missed out on that. A windwalker is very similar, but it takes a humanoid shape. Okay. Now, here's the weird part about it. As, um, I can't remember. It was like early spring, and I'm out to go check the mail and shit. And I'm on the way walking back to the house. And this is quite a ways. I got half a mile of dirt road to walk from the mailbox to the house. Yeah. 
That half mile, I ran that like a motherfucker every day, so I knew it was a ways. Ugh. Anyway, I'm walking back, and a dust devil had formed nearby. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is it shortly took on a humanoid form before hitting a fence. And I'm naturally, like, it's like when you look at clouds, you're like, oh, that one looks like a puppy. Oh, that one looks like ice cream. Yeah. Well, that's basically what I did when this thing took a humanoid form. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it looks like a person. Uh-huh. Until it slowed down to step over the barbed wire fence and then continue its way al- across the road. Hmm. This this was a very creepy place, dude. Like, stars would move. Kind of shit. Like, I saw the wind walker out there, you know, walking over fences. And there were times, like, even the cats, because we had a lot of farm animals, and most of them were cats. Yeah. Like, at nighttime, a lot of them, there was just times that they would all huddle on the front porch. Huh. They would all just get together and huddle in one spot. Like, that's not normal cat behavior in any way, shape, or form. There was also times I'd go out there and I'd do a lot of stargazing uh, in my youth because astronomy is awesome. Yeah. And I would, like, watch stars move. And not, like, in a straight line like a satellite would, but, like, start moving and then stop and then go back to where it was before, then go a different direction. And then maybe do a loop-de-loop. You I mean like that 4th of July party when we were at uh, our good buddy Thorax? Oh, place? yeah, when we were at Thorax and we were watching that one star do its weird dance thingy. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to uh, say I don't believe you, but are you sure that like the star thing may not have just been like the ISS? This was before the ISS. This was before the ISS, dude. This was back around 91. Okay. And the ISS follows a projected orbit. Okay. Yeah. Because so I've seen that. Like, like I'm saying though, this around. this fucking farmhouse was creepy. Like, you see shit happen in the sky. You see shit happen on the land. You did not want to be in the house. And as creepy as shit got at night out there, you wanted to be more outside than in the house. Hmm. Yeah. Like there were there were times you know like you know you you would hear weird noises. Of course, I mean there are things like there's a waterway nearby. Wildlife will uh, get near it. We've got giant fucking snow owls in the trees out back. Oh, those are fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. And th- but the strange thing is, like, even with all the weird noises that you'd expect out there, you still felt safer going out on the front porch and just sitting in a chair huh. than being in the house. It was really weird. You know, there, there was shit all over the place, man. And, of course, maybe part of the creepiness of this house, you know, maybe the feeling was just being imagined by everybody who went in there. Yeah. But the place had been lived in by so many families for so long. Like, you could walk out into the desert. Of course, it's scrubland, but whatever. You could walk out, and you just find an old junker car underneath shrubs. Yeah. So, the place had been lived in or... Inhabited. Inhabited many times over. I mean, I would find shell casings and live ammunition out in the scrub from Vietnam era. (laughs) So... I believe it. And given the house's age, uh, what we heard is it was built back basically when the reservation was first turned into a reservation. Oh, really? So pretty old. Was there the house had many years? Was there ever any like history of like any like violent crimes there or like? There was rumor that there might have been a murder there once back in like the eighties, but beyond that, we hadn't heard anything. But if you wanted to commit a murder, that house would be the one to do it. Yeah, no kidding. I guess so, from what you've been saying. Well, the cop, the nearest cops were about 30 minutes out. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's a little way. You'd have, and of course, like I mentioned earlier, our nearest neighbor 
I would have to fucking scope him with a high-powered rifle to have a chance to, to peg him with a gun. You know, with... And guns, they have a good half-mile-plus range on them for accuracy. Yeah. So, if I'm back in the house and I pull a shotgun on somebody in the di in the kitchen, I have time to, to throw a couple slugs in their chest, drop them, walk out somewhere on 280 acres, and dig a shallow grave, and nobody's going to be the wiser because they won't hear the gunshots. They won't see the muzzle flash. <laughs> so, if, it, if that house has a history of crime... It is very believable. Somebody could do it and get away with it there. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. There's other crazy places out in their state, too. Like, uh... Mel's Hole. For a very brief bit, I was, you know, inhabiting Granite Falls. This was all of, like, a month. So it was... Actually, it wasn't even that. It was, like, two weeks. Okay. So it wasn't, you know, a very long inhabitant. But part of that was, you know, I wound up walking around... Local granite, right? Beautiful town. And Except it, for all the meth. That too. Yeah. And, you know, there's some there's some great hiking spots that are pretty close by, too. Yeah. Um, But, like, it's one of those towns, like, I actually described it to one of the residents as being a focal point for ley lines. Hmm. Because it had this sort of etherical ephemeral energy to it, right? The whole town, and it was certainly stronger in some spots than others, but the whole town had this sort of off vibe. Hmm. And I'm not, like, they were nice enough folk, you know, lock your door at the end of the night sort of deal. Yeah. But it's out in the boonies. Kind of makes sense. And, you know, like, people who grow up there have this sort of off feeling to them. Now, don't get me wrong. They're nice people, typically. Pod people. <laughs> but at the same token, you'd get this, I don't know, this feeling of otherness about them. It's subtle, it's small, and only really perceptive people are going to really, like, pick up on it certainly as heavily as I did. But it's interesting to see that that is, like, par for the course for an entire town. Hmm. You know anyone else has ever felt that way? Five or seven people? Hmm. Like, there's... There are a lot of people, you know, out and, like, they have that off vibe. And part of it might be because they are a little bit isolated from the outside world, right? It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a hike to get there. You know, like, even by car, it's an hour or so. Uh, it's, it's only about maybe 40, 35 minutes. I mean, the only reason I say that is because there's um, the Shinto Shrine out there, and I go there pretty often, so I'm, I'm not in the town proper, but it, it's still considered to be Granite Falls. Yeah, it's within the city limits, albeit not proper. Yeah. Alright, we've hit the one hour mark, guys. So it's it's a special. It's, it's a special. special. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Um Oh, we're gonna continue? Yeah, I'd say so. There's plenty of spoopy left to spoop. Spoopy Um so, you know, you spooky, get this like it's tricky to describe because it's not an intrinsically malign or an intrinsically benevolent feeling. It's just present. 
just enough to trigger that kind of little little hackles. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'll have to go into uh, I'll have to go into town and see if I pick it up. If I can pick up on that, yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why the shrine is there. You know, because Shinto is uh, said to like. The religion itself is very much connected to spirituality via nature. So, and it is the only Shinto shrine in the country. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I would put that sort of thing in an environment where it's easy to access energies. Yeah. That would make far too much sense. Yeah. I'm going to go up there and be a Taoist. <laughs> they do have, <laughs> they got a Buddhist temple up there. I said Taoist, not Buddhist. I'm, no, I'm just saying they got a Buddhist. You start your Taoist. My Taoist uh, temple? Yeah, that would just be me walking out in the woods. Yeah. yeah. So do your little Taoism thing out there. We'll have a Buddhist, a Shinto, and a Taoist, and we'll have all the... All the makings of a joke. Actually, yeah. speaking of camping, since we are in camping country, uh, especially during the summertime, you know, you can go up to Lake Wenatchee. Or... Go anywhere, really. There's you can go a whole anywhere, bunch of really. stuff in this state. You can go on the side of the road. Baker Lake. Yeah. There's Dorothy always... Lake. Um... Dorothy Lake. Yeah. Then there's always heading up towards... Uh... Monte Cristo. Oh, Monte Cristo? Yeah. Yeah, there's always heading up towards that ghost town. There's plenty of places up here, little nooks and crannies to hide, plenty of mountains to camp on. I've camped on Rainier and Baker. I've uh, camped on Skamakaway. Yo, should we try and go out to uh, St. Helens? That's, That's going to be camping. a long hike. Like, yeah, that is, Helens be, would be a long hike. It'd be a long hike. But what if we're gonna uh, talk about you know some of the mountain creatures out here too? Oh yeah, uh, it ain't just Bigfoot people. It, nope, it's not just Bigfoot. We've also got uh, tree squid. Excuse from what me? I hear, excuse me. <laughs> we, we, we also have tree octopi. From what I hear. Do, okay, this is starting to sound like Future is Wild level shit. Tell yeah. me um, do, do they squirt ink or uh, delicious... I don't know, but whoever is uh, reporting on these things has definitely taken the Wild Wasteland perk from New Vegas. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But however, uh, with all the creepy crawlies out there, actually Nad, uh, one of the friends of uh, Thoric, he had an encounter up there too, and he, he rele- re- uh, relegated it to us because it happened only like a month and a half prior and this was back when Chainsaw was still alive that fat fuck <laughs> <sighs> anyway um, because our group always has this joke of fucking with the other campers <laughs> by going out there with those fucking whistling tubes oh yeah I yeah, just threw mine away yeah you go out you go okay so the joke is you go out there with a bunch of people who've got whistling tubes and you take a tent you don't care about and you put a pile of hay in the middle of the tent you don't care about. And when you're camping in a public campground, you know, when the other campers are going to be close enough to see the fires of your camp. Yeah. Because uh, there are a lot of those around here where campgrounds are just dense. Yeah. Uh, they're more like fucking mobile home parks without the mobile homes. Yeah. <laughs> and in some cases, they still show up. True. Well, the whole point is, you get a tent you don't care about, you put a pile of hay in the middle of it, a little bit of lighter fluid, and you light the tent on fire. And you do this at about 2 o'clock in the morning. So you have one tent that's just, like, super blazing on fire, and you get all your friends to, like, circle around the tent, but far enough away that they won't be seen by the firelight, and start spinning the whistling tubes. <laughs> so, like, other campers will come walking out of their tent, and they're like, what the fuck is that noise? And they'll be like, woo, going on. And they'll just see a, a tent on fire. That's devious. I mean, devious as shit. <laughs> All right, so when we do it, we're going to all need to get Aztec death whistles. 
<laughs> go to a super dense uh, place on like Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, and wait till like three o'clock in the morning and piss everybody off and pray they're not armed. Uh, anyway, Fourth of July may not be. The th- this best is the kind of jo- this is the kind of humor that Nad has, right? That uh-huh. he wants to pull as a prank on a campground. Me, I want. I would be more devious, and I would take like a pickup truck out there with all pre-cut pieces. Uh huh. And when we pack up on Sunday morning, we'd pack up last after all the other campers had left, and take all the wood out of the back of the pickup truck that's already been pre-cut, and just assemble a stairwell and leave it in the campground before we leave. Oh, you dick! <laughs> that's the kind of sense of humor I have, dude. <laughs> Dude, I, I've read those stories about them staircases. Like, if I came across anything resembling that, I would piss myself. Exactly. But the thing is, uh, Nad's supernatural story, and it happened, you know, like I said, about a month and a half before, maybe two months. Uh, and I went out camping with him, and I was like, oh, yeah, spooky, you know, and I'm worried about big cats. And he's like, you should have been here a while back, you know, when camping season started. And I was like, what was up? And he was like, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, just a little after midnight. Clear sky, full moon, good camping conditions. Yeah. A bit chilly, though. Really chilly. Not surprising. And they heard something crash in trees off on the other hill. And there was, like, this weird ozone smell in the air huh. until, like, an hour before dawn. Huh. So they hear this weird crashing noise. It wakes everybody up in the campground. You know, so people are in the tents are like, what the fuck was that? And then moments later, there's like this weird low hum and the smell of ozone all throughout the forest. Yeah. Everybody decided to stay in their tents until the sun came up. Yeah. But yeah, that's the story he had that he shared with me. And of course, it goes on much longer, you know, as to what they were doing at the time. But considering if anybody's read uh, or researched the uh, disappearances that happen in campgrounds every year, mm-hmm. that makes it even more creepy. Yeah, the uh, missing 411 cases. Yeah, the missing 411 cases. Yeah. Yeah, I've read some of those accounts, and honestly, some of them are downright creepies, and some of them are just heartbreaking, dude. Like, it's like... Well, it's like, the, the ones that really make me weirded out, uh, it's like, the one where they had a guy who went out on a nature hike. Mm-hmm. He was experienced at nature hiking. He'd been doing it for decades. Yeah. He was armed. He had his uh, shotgun and sidearm with him mm-hmm. to... Prevent wildlife from fucking up his day. Yeah. So he's armed, he's experienced, and he has enough uh, rations that if he does manage somehow, by a fluke of nature, to wind up off the trail, he can still make it back to the trail with enough food and supplies for two days. Hmm. So he has enough food and supplies for a couple of days, and when they found his body, he'd been missing for like two years. And then, they, of course, when they went back and they found his body, it was on the side of a trail, like, not even 50 feet away. Huh. You you can see the trail from where they found the body. Yeah. You just look down the ridge a little bit, and there's the dirt path. But they find his body, they find both of his weapons on him, they still find two days' worth of rations. Yeah. So, like, all of his shit is there. There was no sign of anything. him being eaten by animals or anything. It's like somebody just waiting for the body to skeletonize and then dumped it there. Yeah. See, now I, that's the that that that's almost the kind of shit that you pull like the Feywild. Might have walked into the Feywild, spent like four years there, never had to use any of his materials, and then when he walked out, the years caught up. Boom, splat. Maybe it, that's one of the ones that got me. The the other one was like that child that was found 
on a ridge. Yeah. And by on a ridge, I mean like 200 feet up wedged in the stones. Yeah, I've heard And there was that still one. like another 100 feet up above him of more rock, so how the body got up there is anybody's guess. Yeah. Well, it was like a five-year-old boy? Yeah, it was like a little boy. It was like, um, not only was it like up a ridge, but it was something like... I want to say like five kilometers from where he and his family had been taking a day trip. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and it was way farther than he could have walked in the time allowed for him to actually disappear and then be dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm a big believer in the fan of, you know, don't attribute to malice what can easily be attributed to human stupidity or error. True. You know, but on the same, but on the other hand, you know, like the park service, they won't, According to David Pollides and his 411 stuff, they won't acknowledge any of this shit. There's no registry of people who go missing in the national parks. Part of that is maybe it's because... They don't want to advertise the fact that people get lost. Yeah, there's that. You know, it's them trying to save face and cover their own asses, which of course I get. But at the same time, when you do stuff like that, it leads to instances like what we're talking about now where people are going to go on Well, is that the same token like when I was looking up FBI statistics? Because I saw a number and I did not fucking believe it. Yeah. It was just, like, um, part of the reason I didn't believe it is, like, Dulce. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the Dulce military base and how it's got aliens down on, like, level 7 kind of stuff. And the sheer number of people that would have to vanish to feed the carnivorous aliens who apparently prefer to eat only people is just a mind-boggling, staggering number. Yeah. It's like three people per state per day have to vanish. Oh my god. It's it's the Emperor. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so we got 50 states, 3 people each. That's 150 people per day. You know, and after a month, I think those numbers would start getting easily... Noticed. Noticeable. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and after a year, that's just a god-awful amount of people. Then I saw statistics that a little bit over... Just a little bit. Over 200,000 children vanish every year. Mm-hmm. Just disappear. Now, of course, uh, about three-fourths of those are found. Yeah. Many of the missing cases are, you know, parental disputes between one parent saying, hey, the kid's mine. The other parent saying, no, the kid's mine. Kid wandering off. Kid getting lost at the mall. Yeah. A kid hitchhiking for no fucking reason, you know, and manages to get across town with a stupid white lie or some shit. About three-fourths of these 200,000 kids reappear. So that's yeah. about 150 grand. So, based on the math right now. So, based on the math, about 50,000 children every year disappear. Yeah, yeah. And it's... with numbers like that, I mean, people are worried about some of the other shit we're doing, you know, like, that kill people. Like, ooh, you know, cars or cholesterol, red meat, whatever. 50,000 kids per year is not a small number yeah. of mm-hmm. vanished children. You know, I, I guess... So, when you yeah. say that the missing 411 case files that they the, the that's not being reported on, yeah, if the numbers are that staggering high that they are even remotely close in comparison to how many children go missing every year, yeah, I can see why the government or any officials would be like, yeah, keep a lid on this because they don't want people to panic. Yeah, and the thing about especially with the National Park Service is not only is there not, um, you know, they don't report it. it there's also no archive. Yeah, so. apparently uh, the author had to do a Freedom of Information Act, and even at that, yeah. he barely got anything. Yeah. It's creepy, man. 
So it it's kind of like back in the 80s when there was a satanic panic. There was always a satanic cult somewhere sacrificing animals and babies and virgins. Well, and there, there is always a satanic cult somewhere. To, to say that there is not a satanic cult, but the, the satanic panic of the 80s just fucking ballooned it out of proportion. And, you know, partly thanks to that, we have to, to thanks for D&D for popularity. Because during that satanic panic, it also ballooned pretty much in tandem. Well, the way, okay, like, since we're doing spooky, people respond to things that they do not understand with fear, revulsion, and hatred. Mm-hmm. And typically violence. And, and typically violence. The satanic panic of the 80s when uh, related to Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing in general, it was a new format of gaming that people did not understand. And it had a fuck ton of weird rules and fuck ton of magic spells. And people who were really excited about it are talking about it like, oh yeah, I cast this spell. So somebody who doesn't understand what the fuck's going on thinks that person really cast that spell. And not Nilbog, the goblin sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So they responded to it by burning books with fear and revulsion, thinking that people were actually learning real magic. And I have yet... We've had this discussion. I know. Yeah. We've had this discussion. I have yet to cast a magic spell out of a D&D book that's worked. Or even out of a Wicca book. Or a witchcraft book. Or a satanic Bible book. Wait, wait, wait. I know Noxious Gas. Magic so gas. far hasn't... Yeah, you know Noxious Gas. You eat <laughs> fucking onions. I know Drain Wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Actually, Steam's got you beat on that. They've yeah. got the master the mastery of it. Yeah. I know how to drain morale. Drain morale. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at the same token, it's like, at that token. You know, and people need horror. That's why we have Halloween. People need horror. Sometimes we need the cackles on the back of our neck to, to stand on end. Yeah. We we sometimes we need that little jump. Yeah. You know, that little pulse that... Why, why else do we watch uh, scary movies? Yeah. You know, especially the ones that really fuck with our heads. Like, uh, for me, it was Seven. Oh, yeah. You know, like, at the end of it, what's in the box? Slasher movies don't do it for me, except for the fact that I love the fact that the slasher is always killing teenagers. Right. Not so great when I was a teenager. Way more awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But most horror movies, I don't watch them except for like the psychological factor because part of every person's primal needs is I have a full range of emotions going on through their heads. Yeah. You know, and why else would we tell spooky stories? There's, yeah. that, that, in you know, feeding into this, this is why we have ghost stories. It's mm-hmm. fundamentally the same thing. It's just told with a different media. And now they're moved on to urban legends, you know. Think about it, we had Slenderman come up and fall off in the past, what, four years? Yeah. Oh, and the Black Eyed Children. Black Eyed Oh well, no, Black Eyed Children I remember a lot longer. Yeah. I don't I only recently stumbled across this in the last few years. Well that's because they made an S- SCP about it, I thought. Uh I don't, I don't think there's an okay. SCP off the black. I, I stumbled across it while going through YouTube creepypastas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of the Black Eyed Children before. And there's a lot of things I would have probably heard about if it was an urban legend as a kid. Like, most of it, you know, is don't go out at night scary stories. Yeah. Oh, there's a crazy guy with a hook for a hand. We all knew that one was bullshit. Yeah. Right? The and dude with a hook for a hand. You know how hard it is to pleasure yourself with a hook for a hand? It ain't easy. That's why you need the body parts of teenagers. That's right. God. You know how hard it is to sew teenagers together when you got a hook for a hand? 
I don't know. It depends on how well you can use it to thread needles. Because yeah, I can think that it, like a proper. Hook... You just poke a hole in him and gut fuck him, okay? Because anything beyond that is just a lot of extra work for like thirty seconds of release. <laughs> just saying. It's like slavery with extra steps. Exactly. I don't know if like if the curve is the right size, you could put like a little flashlight in there, you know. Maybe. That could work. Yeah, a little flashlight action. Yeah. You know, but if you're Swiss, you just have several attachments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swap them out. No, we, we've always had urban legends. Like, the hook for a hand guy, we knew that one was fucked up and not real. But there was uh, the escaped asylum dude. That one got us. Oh, yeah. Which, freaky enough, of course, spectacular shit, the creepy guy from the asylum turned out to be real. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, Cropsy. Yeah, you're talking about New York there? Yeah, New York. Uh, he turned out to be real. Andre Rand. That was his name. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there really was a dude sleeping out in the woods murdering children <laughs> from an asylum. Wasn't an inmate or a patient. He was actually like a former worker. Yeah, he was like a orderly or something yeah, so like the, that. I think he was a janitor. Yeah, that sounds right. I think he was a janitor. Yeah, so that's extra creepy that the guy who used to take care of... The remains and leavings of crazy people turned out to be Nutter himself. <laughs> well, like, at that point, you're going to get conspiracy theorists who are going to go, well, maybe he was possessed by one of their spirits or some other equally implausible, but nah, vaguely some people just believable it's enough. It's more like ozone in the frickin' force that turns the frickin' ghosts gay. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Turn the ghost gang! Ah! <laughs> oh my god, we totally... And put some of this brain boost in your drink! <laughs> Keep zombies away. It's made with some of the rarest materials found in the Himalayas, <laughs> but it's yours for only $4. <laughs> Alex Jones is the spookiest thing on Halloween. <laughs> Dude. You know what? Like, you really want to start psyching people through? Huh. On Halloween, dress up in a suit and tie. When you're asked why you're trick-or-treating, oh, I'm not. I'm I'm here to deliver papers. <laughs> yeah, but then you can actually get arrested because you're impersonating. Well, like, you 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 make a very blatant point to then follow it up with trick-or-treat. So that you're I never not said what that. kind of papers. <laughs> you just flip a sign that says trick-or-treat. Papers? <laughs> mm -hmm. He didn't have... <laughs> Yeah, then you get tossed out of a blimp and some dude in the ass has no papers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that said, like, the idea of men in black, if those are real, those do legitimately freak me out, the idea. Oh, of, the, mean, idea, the idea of memory manipulation? Uh, not so much from the movie, just the idea of men in black. Like, because the stories of people who allegedly have encountered them, they don't do, like, you know, in the movie with, like, the thing. It's more just, like, you they know. They black bag you. No, not even that. Then they're just, like, weird. Like, they don't understand, like, the simplest of technology. Like, they'll... You can hand them a ballpoint pen, and, like, one of them will just, like, get fucking enamored with it. Like, what the fuck did you just hand me? No, it's not even like that. They're, they're just... They're described as... The way I've heard it most often described. Clean-shaven, or at least no facial hair. Bald or shaved head, like, cue ball kind of going on. Oh, you're talking observers. Yeah, and, you know, they, uh... Just something not quite right about them, almost kind of that uncanny valley feeling. And no one's had like a violent experience with them. But it's just that they'll show up and be like, "Hey, stop doing what you're doing," and that's usually enough to get people to go, 
All right. <laughs> yeah, they just show up and like scare people. Yeah. Like the fucking scene from uh, Firefly. The river oh, is yeah. like starting to freak out. They're coming. Who's coming? Two by two. Hats of blue. Now, I don't remember the comics very well, but didn't they explain those guys to be like androids or something? I don't remember. I haven't read the comics either, but I know in the episode that they do show up in, the two episodes, they are like in. They're performing an enforcery role. Yeah. And they're trying to collect their wayward patient, River, who is like a super weapon with all the like information that's been crammed into her skull and then, you know, summarily skull fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. <laughs> but other than living in two houses, I've had no other really personal creepy experiences. I'm in the same boat. I told my story earlier about the, the movie that freaked me out was Evolution. I mean, the only other thing that's happened, like, locally here in Everett, other than uh, one of my friends claiming that we were being stalked by a ghoul through a graveyard, is actually there's a witness to this, too, and I'll be having Thanksgiving dinner with him in a month. Uh, we were living in an apartment uh, just after I moved out of Seattle, after 9-11. I had to come back to Everett. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> just all the places I wanted to move back to. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Or Osama, or whatever your name is. Uh, wasn't it like, you You had described Everett at one point as like, Everett's like a black hole. You can escape it for a little while, but it's going to catch you eventually. Yeah, Everett's like a black to. hole or a Mobius strip. Yeah. Just when you think you're free and clear and you see something else on the horizon, it twists back in and you're like, here I am. <laughs> I, I prefer to think of it, it's like a glitch in a game where it becomes your autosave point and you keep respawning there. Must be. Uh, so we were living in an apartment, uh, just got it, and it was winter time. Because I remember it was fuck all cold outside. <laughs> like we had just gotten an inch of snow. Which right? for this region is pretty rare. Yeah, for this region that's not too bad. But me and my roommate were standing out on the back porch. And of course we're talking spoopy shit. And it is a nice moon off in the horizon, clear skies. You can see all the stars. And it was, you know, of course winter time. So the fresh snow had just fallen and the clouds had moved out. So nice and fucking freezy cold. Yeah. And we're out there smoking. Sure. We're staying warm by hovering around the, the warmth of our cigarettes. <laughs> and I can't remember, but at one point in time in our spoopy conversation, the word Satan came up. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> right when the name Satan was mentioned, the fucking horizon had a blue flash. Uh. I don't know if that counts as spoopy, but it was definitely weirdly timed. You know, to be out there smoking, and you're like, blah, 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 ooh, spooky, ah, blah, blah, blah. Satan. Did Flash. You, yeah, did you just see that? And he's like, yeah. Did you just see that? I'm like, yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay, that was weird. Let's finish our cigarettes. Because we figure, you know, if Satan really wanted to fuck with us, going back inside the house to warm up was not going to dissuade the devil. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to show up regardless either way. <laughs> I mean, at least outside, when we were still smoking, you know, I could offer him one before my untimely demise. Right. <laughs> I was like, hey, what's up, Big Red? You want to smoke? <laughs> right. I mean, if the devil shows up to your party, might as well invite him in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Otherwise, you might burn down your house. And, you know, the secondary, secondary pose on that is the same with death. It's like, if, 
you know, if the Grim Reaper walks up to your party and says, hey, I need to get in there. He's like, sure. You want some booze, too? <laughs> hey, death is the only woman that's ever loved me. <laughs> She'll always take me as who I am. All right, Thanos. <laughs> well, but it's true. Thanos' version is a little weird. But <laughs> his version is, you know, the warm embrace of an old friend. Everyone comes across. She's the only woman that's chased after me my entire life. Oh, I'm... And she's a little bit of a thirsty hoe, because she hits everyone. Hey, you know what? Don't you talk about the... I ain't gonna judge. (laughs) No, I'm a human. She's a metaphysical being. I ain't gonna judge. (laughs) This is like me walking into Baron Samedi's house and telling him what's what. It ain't gonna happen. He's above (laughs) me on the food chain. (laughs) And I actually respect him as a Loa. Okay? And likewise, death And that's that's really weird, too. It's like how they, they portray voodoo in movies and shit. It's yeah. always the darker side. They always portray the darker side. Like, Baron Samedi is an awesome motherfucking dude. <laughs> if he came to my party, I'd be like, fuck, I should have bought some rum. I am <laughs> we so sorry. Rum. I know, but if I didn't have rum to offer him, goddammit, I'd be pissed. I See, guess... we just need to keep cigars on hand. I mean, cigars and rum and, you know, some sugar cakes, yeah. Can I just say on the subject of voodoo, first of all, that is another thing that actually does creep me out, because other stories, but I'm so tired of seeing it in show. Like, anytime there's ever sort of, like, a voodoo or, like, a witch doctor sort of thing, they always have, like, the skinny black dude. It, Dude, it's an archetype at this point. Like, the skinny black yeah. dude, dreadlocks, the white, like, corpse paint on the face with the top hat. Yeah, because he's doing the darker aspects of Smetty for some reason, even though yeah. Smetty is not... He's a good Loa, isn't he? he? He's a very awesome Loa. Okay. He, smoke... Drink, fuck, enjoy life, but don't fuck kids. <laughs> Holy shit! How could I not agree with the medical physical being even more? Yeah, no, that's he's that's basically telling life. us to live each day like it's our last, but don't violate little kids while you're at it. Yeah, no, yeah. That, like live each day like it's your last. But yeah. here's the line: you cross that, you're fucked. Yeah, he basically draws a, he, he draws a All line right. at certain points, but smoke, drink, fuck, party, have fun. He's basically a death god telling you that today could be your last, so live it like you're, it's your last. I do like that philosophy. It's you know fantastic. What? I've seen the only good uh, example of voodoo done in a show. It's on Netflix. It's a BBC, BBC show. BBC. BBC. Uh, called <laughs> Father like Brown. Okay. So I'll it's look. about a Catholic priest called uh, Father Brown who solves murders and stuff, and there's some people who come from the islands... And uh, all the stuff is actually shown in a really good way. Huh. I know, it's actually uh, funny um, going on, Samedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one guy, he kept trying to get me to go to church. Mm-hmm. He's like, someday I'm going to get you to go to church with me. Someday I'm going to get you to go. I'm like, one more fucking time, dude. Uh-huh. I still have fresh paint that I can put in the side of the, the right side of my neck. Left side is already taken by other tattoos. But I will, if you invite me to church one more fucking time, and I swear on whatever force is out there, I will get the Vive for Baron Samedi tattooed on the right side of my neck. <laughs> and the funny part was, is um, we had another fellow working there, and I called him Kingston. Oh, yeah? Huh? That's where he was from. And, you know, when the police brutality happened here in Washington, he'd be like, that ain't nothing, brother. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, we got it down in ho- back in my home pacification squads with fully automatics I'm like alright fair enough but we got talking about it right and I mentioned yeah. that one of the other co-workers we had was uh, trying to get me to go to church and I was like I'm gonna tattoo Aviv 
And he just looks at me like, you would what? And I'm like, hey, I agree with the dude. He's pretty awesome for Alola. Some <laughs> of the others, uh, a little willy-nilly, but Baron's pretty all right. And we got talking about voodoo. And, like, by the end of lunch, Kingston looks at me and he's like, you know, you know some shit. I'm like, that's pretty much a compliment, dude. I know shit I don't want to know. <laughs> he's like, that's the price. <laughs> and we go back into work and I'm like, yeah, he's a pretty wise dude. <laughs> and that's why you have a representation card for every single flavor out there. Well, no, he, he's a pretty wise dude because, you know, he knows that there's a price to knowledge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to know some of it. Mm-hmm. Zinch in a nutshell. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Kingston was an alright dude, so... But I've never run into any of the dark voodoo shit. I've never even seen it except in movies. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to keep it that way, personally. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's like anything else you know there's going to be a dark side happening somewhere. Yeah. But from the local representation I've seen through, like, the... We got a local, I dare say, church because I like better words to describe it. There is a local voodoo church here in Seattle. Like a local gathering place. And everything about them is very community-oriented, family-oriented, yeah. health, wellness, everything. And none mm. of it is like, come down here and we'll teach you secrets of zombies hidden in the fine print. Like, nothing. Well, like... It's not even, like, encoded in there somewhere. Come down to the voodoo temple in Seattle, man. <laughs> oh, good. Now we're doing a bad accent. Oh, no, no. That no. was a good accent. Call me now for your free tarot reading. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, so you can say they are the real religion of peace? You know what? I, <laughs> even know. the darker aspects of voodoo, I would say, are more peaceful than the religion of peace. Yeah. And dark voodoo is some scary shit. Dark voodoo is scary shit. I, uh... But even the shit that they pull on one another and others around them... They're not flying airplanes in the buildings or exploding in marketplaces. Can you imagine that, though? They're like keeping their shit low-key. Can you imagine that, though? <laughs> like a jumbo jet airliner with a bunch of, like, voodoo, like, paint painted on the side. It has, like, a grass skirt on each of the turbines. Just, I mean, at that point, you're making a point. And you're not... Man, what would the fire smell like? Like, leftover ganja and rum? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a tragedy. Steer it up a little. It's like this is the first time a tragedy should ever happen on this scale that makes me hungry. Who's <laughs> got Twinkies? <laughs> <laughs> and again, we come full circle. Back we come to the full Twinkie. <laughs> Do Ray Egon. <laughs> like you know, the big thing about some of this stuff, like you know, the darker side of voodoo, right? They're they're covering their tracks because who'd have thunk? Maybe there's actually rules like Tolkien alluded to, that are trying to separate people from, you know, the knowledge of magic. Well, in Voodoo, one thing you do not want to do is piss off the Loas. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes and sense. And if you abuse what the Loas give you, they will take it out of your hide. I've, I've got a... Even the bad Loas will fuck you up. I've got a story about that. It's just... Yeah, makes sense. Well, I don't know if I should tell it because it was an old classmate, like... I won't drop any names, but, you know, she was from the, uh... South Pacific there, you know? Yeah. And it involved her and uh, her family's some bad history with a, a voodoo priest. So, it was... I, you know, I won't give any of her names. All It was just someone I met, you know, start, struck up a conversation with, and they were saying, um, you know, like, there was some sort of, like, 
bad blood between a voodoo priest and one of her family's, or like one of her grandparents who had passed away before she had been born. And there came a time where she got really sick and she got this huge, like, sore, almost like a boil on her neck. And she said she remember, you know, she just got really sick and she was, like, crying. And her folks were like, ah, damn it. So they took her to the um, uh, priest and, you know, they, it, he helped her out and he opened the sore on her neck so, you know, he could drain it. He pulled pieces of cockroach out of the sore in her neck. Hmm. She was fine after that, but yeah. Not like a whole cockroach, like pieces of pieces of pieces. Yeah. Yeah, well She was fine after that. You know, she said she hasn't experienced anything since and I guess things have been settled, but she said that was what happened to her. That's definitively spoopy shit. Yeah. And, you know, it ties back to what I was talking about earlier about things crawling around under your skin. That's fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, I know that there's a type of uh, maggot worm that will basically leave little burrow holes on the outside uh, of your skin. Bot flies? Gadflies? Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's this... There's this bot flies and the Zaki sauce are going together so great. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, they're talking about bot flies, you know, and I know what it looks like trying to pull those out of, like, a dog's hide. There's this guy on YouTube who pulled and, one out of a mouse, and the top comment was, "Cool, now that mouse has a little hole to store all of its cheese in." <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah, they're talking about bonfires, and here I am eating my euros with gooey uh, zaki sauce on it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. The problem's all over. Well, anyways, articulate. We are uh, coming up to the two-hour mark. Yeah, look at us. Look at us doing epics. So I think definitely for the sake of our listeners, if they made it to this point, let's give them some final spoopy thoughts and a thank you. All right. Um, Who wants to start out? Me? You started speaking. Okay. Um, Let's see. Yeah, especially up here in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State, uh, there's lots of good haunted history. There's lots of haunted locations. You know, talk to local historians. Uh, they'll direct you in the right way. Um, they know the way. They know, they know the way, brother. But um, we will find the spirits and we will speak on them. <laughs> but That's a bad idea. Let's see. I'm going to end it with my favorite urban legend. Not necessarily from around here, but one that I just really like. Um, probably my favorite one that creeps me out the most. I mentioned it last year's Halloween, but still gets me is El Silbon. Oh, yeah. All right. Excuse me. Whoever's next. I got my boy, Boone. God, you're gonna... I'm eating! <laughs> Goblin's got a mouthful of D-class personnel infested with botflies, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, fine. I'll take the next. Right. Now that I've been forced to eat quicker. <laughs> Jackasses. <laughs> I would just like to say that this Halloween, and to our listeners, have a safe and fun Halloween out there. Get lots of candy, or get lots of pussy, or get lots of drunk. Or all three. Whatever works. 
But like the Baron Samedi was saying, no children. <laughs> but eat, drink, party, and live your life like it's the last day. Because tomorrow it might be. Hell yeah. Good words. I would say, you know, the internet is really good at finding these spooky stories. Mm-hmm. And there's all manner of local tabloids that do the same damn shit. You know, various alligator man and wolf bat and whoever knows what else. But, you know, they're useful. And it's sometimes it's kind of fun to take a look at something and be like, how does that happen? How does that actually happen in the world? Yeah. I find them interesting. All right. Blasphemous? My final spooky thoughts are, if you're trying to get over something that scares you, just think about it and work it through logically. If you won't find something that you want to be scared by, say for entertainment's sake... Listen to our podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, start watching all kinds of horror movies. I'm personally going to go out tonight and pick up the classic pack of... Uh, Halloween movies out of the old black and white days, just after they started doing voices, good old talkies. Now I'm going. I'm going elsewhere. Okay. Um, and you know, Airport just in video? no. <laughs> Too many R's in yours. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm gonna go grab some classic scary movies and enjoy a wonderful Halloween with that. Um, just have a good one. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween, folks. All these stories were fake and gay. <laughs>